We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hello, friends. By now you've heard me talk about the new brand of water that looks like tall boys of beer, Liquid Death. This crisp, refreshing mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors is by far and away the best brand of water on the market. One of my favorite aspects of Liquid Death is that most water companies use plastic bottles, which is beyond terrible for the environment. Most of the plastic you throw into a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. But aluminum is infinitely recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities, hence why Liquid Death uses aluminum cans. Most importantly, the water tastes great. I can't get enough of the lime sparkling water and my family has been drinking them nonstop. It's always fun seeing our sons get crazy looks as they are downing tall boys out in public as well. If you haven't tried Liquid Death yet, what are you waiting for? You can get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or find a Liquid Death retailer near you using their store locator at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perretch, joined as always by Dusty Evely. And again, no Sarah Kelleher, but uh, her bye week has turned into an extended uh, stint on the IR, Dusty. She's dealing with some COVID issues, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finally caught up with her, so we're wishing her well. I'm sure she'll be listening and you know tweeting to us when it's all uh, when she's listening tomorrow. But I uh, hope she's doing well. But how you doing, bud? 
Doing good, man. Doing good. You know, it's it's Wednesday uh, or it's Tuesday when we're recording this. Wednesday when you listen to this, which means it's almost a week removed from that game. That that feels like that was two years ago. I've already I've already washed the dirt of that game off of me, and I feel like a new man. I I don't know if I have washed it all away because it was just so ugly, just so ugly and bad, and it. Uh, but I mean, it is what it is. Like. The, the team's not good right now at all. There's no, like, but yet we still have fans that are hopeful because there's a statistical chance of making the playoffs, mm-hmm. Dusty. What do you, what do you think? Like, what's your, what's your gut feeling on the statistical chance of the Packers making the playoffs? I mean, I don't think they're going to, because if they do, they would have to, now you can, you can, there's parallels to what 2016, they got the Eagles coming up, which, which we're going to talk about. And there's the whole run the table thing. There were four and six at that time. The Eagles were the number one pass defense in the league. The Packers were going in on Monday night football to Philly and just shredded them. So you can see like, is this the thing that kicks that off? Do they have it in them? And listen, as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, I know his thumb is, is all busted up. As long as Aaron Rodgers is there, they can rattle off six, seven, ten straight wins. Like I still firmly believe that. But this team probably not. There's just there's so many there's so many things wrong beyond his thumb, beyond his accuracy. Yeah, I've I, I mean the Dallas game gave me a little false hope. I kind of written off the season before then. Can they make it? Sure, potentially. But right now, the way they're looking, things that have to look wildly different in Philly than than what we've seen so far. That even goes to the Dallas game at this point. So I don't feel great about it, but uh, but at the same time, if you still have hope, hold on to that hope, man. Just just keep holding on. Yeah, it's um, that's some some glass half full kind of people on uh, that are that are thinking <laughs> that the Packers. Yeah, you know, if that's what you believe, that's what you believe, and that's okay. I, on the other hand, I'm well more on your side, glass half empty. Of yeah, there's no way in hell they're making. Like it just ain't. I don't care how weak the NF the NFC is. Like this is not a good football team at the minute, and I don't see anything from the last game that makes me think they're turning this ship around real quick. So yeah, Un- unfortunately, I think that's uh, that's kind of where we're sitting. But what did you? Um, what were your thoughts? Your takeaways from that that ugliness of Tennessee game? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. Um, I mean, offensively, and that's the thing, like you're still, the, the, these games are still relatively close. And so they were a player two away from, from winning, uh, you know, a couple of the plays went different and Rogers missed a couple with his thumb, kind of sailed a couple. He doesn't normally sail, but also they gave up. I think they were, their defense gave up uh, eight of 15 third and fourth down conversions. Like that's, that's a hard, and some of those were, some of those were long. So it was not pretty on either side of the ball. The offense kind of. We saw some of the same stuff, glimpses of Christian Watson. I thought the his two touchdowns, especially the one on the the scramble drill where Rodgers threw it up to him, was tremendous. It was great recognition by him. Watson was like the first one on the line at that point and signaling to snap it because uh, because the guys were getting off. So awareness from the rookie there continues to show up in big things. But yeah, I mean overall it was just just ugly, ugly, not good. The Rasul Douglas interception was tremendous, like tremendous heady play from Rasul. So this is those individual plays, but it's still, it's, it's marred with the same inconsistent herky jerky three and outs on offense. And then defense looking sometimes like kind of okay. And then other times just looking like they forget how to play football. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's more of the same. It's what we've come to expect or what I've come to expect from this team. And they did it. And we just, you know, they just turned in the Dallas game. 
and that we were hoping maybe that was a turnaround. They, they're looking more consistent. Maybe they'll put this stuff together, and they they simply didn't. Titans' run defense allowed nothing for them on the ground, and they had to go through the air, and it was just the more of the inconsistencies through the air. So, yeah, not not great all the way around. A couple nice plays, but other than that, it was just, just kind of a kind of a slog of a game, kind of, you know? Yeah, I mean, small little things that can be taken away. Like, I think the ascending nature of Christian Watson, kind of like you, you touched on, that's a huge promising thing. Five touchdowns in the last two games, which mm-hmm. now he leads all rookie wide receivers in touchdowns. So you know, a little bit of a, you know, come about it a different way. But, you know, if he's if he's coming on, when Dubs comes back, Samari Torre is like a good find. Like Quay Walker is, is stacking some good games in a row and like making some impactful plays. So it seems like that draft class, that's the kind of thing that I pulled is like this draft class actually has been stacking up pretty well. And they're putting these kids in moments and giving them opportunities and they're responding. So if anything, I think that's a good pull from what, what we've been seeing the last couple of games. Like obviously the Devonte Wyatt's not doing what you would want out of your first rounder, but give him some time. Like he's a defensive lineman. Like they don't normally hit right away. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of what I, what I took away from that game because there wasn't really much else to take away. <laughs> so, um, all right. News and notes. Let's get into it. There's not a lot going around, but, uh, Dusty, we got to talk about it in the most Packers move of all time. They brought in some guys for workouts, and I know you and I and Sarah have issue with this, but they did it. Geronimo Allison in for a workout. Uh, uh, there's a couple more names. They brought in a couple other guys. Uh, Danny Davis. Um, so that was two wide receivers they brought in. Tackles. They had Derek Kerstetter, uh, Sam Schluter, and Sage Dockstater. And then center Chris Owen. So they worked out a couple of guys. We didn't hear anything if they um, we didn't hear anything if they signed anybody officially. So whatever. But I mean, it's the Packers, so you know at some level, Jeremiah Allison's going to be on the roster at some point because that's the only thing that makes sense. We got guys who can't catch the ball on the team. So what, what should we do? Bring in another one. Yeah, sounds like a great idea. But tell me, what do you think about it? Yeah, uh, someone, I think you had sent the tweet in the chat. It was the first time I saw it. And it was like, it was from Mike Garofolo. And the first thing I did was like, I'm making sure that this is recent and that it's not a spoof account. Because a lot of times I get got by a tweet from like five years ago and you get mad and you're like, oh, this is, this is from 2017. This does not affect me. No, it, it was real. And, and it's, it's current. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, the realistically, they probably just need bodies, but what are we doing here, man? So the last time John Allison caught a pass was 2019 with the Packers. He played in three games with the Lions last year and across three games, two targets, no catches. So last time we saw him on the field, 2019, he was basically best profiled as a possession receiver. He was dropping 12% of his passes as a possession receiver and also doing jet sweeps for some reason, trying to get him in space. Oh, you know, Richard right. Rogers for I some reason. Got <laughs> Steve, they gave him a jet sweep or like threw one to him off jet motion and he couldn't slow down and he went out of bounds. He had an open touchdown and like he went out of bounds at the six because like he couldn't control his body to go back in. I mean, that's burned in my mind. As a pos- he, he was averaging. I, look, I looked up these numbers because I don't like myself as a person. He he averaged 5.2 yards per attempt the last time he was with the Packers. That'd be the lowest on the Packers right now by a full yard. That's Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. They're at like 6.2 and 6.4. Jonathan Allison, a possession receiver who can't catch. He was averaging less than that. 
his drop rate of 12% is only slightly below Christian Watson's drop rate of 18%. But at least Christian Watson does big things. Like he's going to be 29 in January. He's not athletic. He's not dynamic. He's not fast. He can't separate. His best position is possession receiver, which again, you need hands for. You need hands for that. Like I'm sure he's a very, very nice guy. For all accounts, a nice person. I don't see how he fits. Like this team is like, what do they need? They need speak. So all they have is Christian Watson. Let's bring in Geronimo Nelson. And what about calling John Ross? Like, like just if you're taking a flyer on a guy and maybe they did, and maybe he said, I'm not going up there. What about John Ross? I know Will Fuller is retired, soft retired yeah. or whatever. Didn't Rogers have the whole thing about like guys are coming to green Bay to play with me. Prove time to prove it, man. See if you can get Will Fuller up there. Like Who someone coming to green Bay. Nobody's coming to green Bay to play with him. No, they're not. That's the point. <laughs> so maybe so that you get your own else. And like, at the very least, we're going to take a fire on a guy, take a fire on a guy with speed, even someone like Danny Davis. So I looked at Geronimo Allison's Raz. Danny Davis does not have one. John Allison's Allison's Raz was 2.72. And that was like in 2017. He's not gotten better. He's not gotten more, more whatever since then. Like uh, Danny Davis, I don't mind only because athletically, I think he profiles close to Geronimo Allison, but he actually catches stuff. So that'd be fine. But at this point, and again, I'm getting all fired up at this point. It's probably just for camp bodies. But if there's even a chance they're going to sniff the roster, either a young guy, someone like um, like Osiris Mitchell, who's with the team in the preseason, that's just a big like box out, like a kind of a different type of receiver than they have already. Or someone like John Ross, like someone who can run, like either a big body young guy or a speed guy that can take the top off and allow Christian Watson to do things other than run, go, go and post routes on 50% of the time. Do that. John Allison is like, I again, maybe they just need bodies, but like, why that body? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he never sees the roster. So like, why, why is that even the conversation? Maybe they're doing him a solid and that's fine, but I don't ever want to see him in green Bay on the field again. Again, nice man. If he wants to go and see a game, I'll have a beer with him. That's great. I don't want to see him catching passes again, trying to catch passes again, I guess. Uh, it's so the, much fun when somebody else, when somebody else has a rant instead of me. <laughs> And I knew, oh I gosh. knew this was going to be it. That was the thing that I sent to you and Sarah in the DMs. I'm like, "Ooh, it's time for a dusty rant." I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh, can't wait for it. But oh my god, so no. much, so much pent up Geronimo Allison rage from like his <laughs> like the first year he was in the league. Like you guys don't see, he's dropping passes. <sighs> that was pretty funny. I remember. I was like, I thought he was kind of decent for a little bit there, and then you're like, no, all he does is drop passes. And Sarah and I are like, no, no, that's not right. That's, he catches the ball, and then you start watching. You're like. Oh, oh, there yeah, it is it's again. like a double digit drop percentage in like every single one of his years mm-hmm. for a guy who runs like a four, eight, like it's not, it's not great. <laughs> you gotta get that guy some stick on man. That's uh, <laughs> it should like, be allowed. If you, if you're a wide receiver and you run like a four, eight, you're allowed to use stick them. That should be the like old, old gallon sized jug of it or something. <laughs> just dip the hands in and just in your, on your Jersey, like go back to the old seventies stuff. Like just like the replace, in the replacements. Didn't, didn't they do that with that guy? Like his hands are just like <laughs> dripping yeah. with stick them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are they going to do? Kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes, that was the most Packers move possible that they did bringing him back for a tryout. So, um, the only other thing we could really find, neither of us actually had time for Pat McAfee today and with Sarah not on the podcast. She's normally our person that covers that. So, I, I mean, I saw quotes flying around Twitter and stuff. I'm sure you did too. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you have if today, we don't have time to do the recap or we weren't able to do that for you. So make sure you just tune in on, on Twitter and 
get some of that info. But the only other thing we saw was that um, the, the Eagles are going to be wearing their blackout jerseys this uh, coming game with the Packers. So it'll be – those are interesting. I mean, to me, those are some badass jerseys. Like, I think they're they really, look cool. really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that kind of leads leads us into the game, man. We're, we're going to talk about Packers-Eagles, the one thing we're looking for on offense versus the Eagles' defense. Um, Eagles coming off a win where they just barely squeaked by the Colts. Uh, not really sure what the Colts were doing at the end of that game, just letting Jalen Hurts just literally walk into the end zone. <laughs> it was pretty – it was an interesting play call from, the, from their defense, like not having to spy on him, but – uh, they're playing some good football, man. They're they're a really good team. They've got great weapons. They just added, I believe, uh, Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue. Sue, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously the Packers' favorite player in the world. Uh, hopefully he doesn't try to step on anybody uh, this game. But So they're beefing up that run defense. Their run defense was one of the things that wasn't great, so they're trying to beef that up and address it. But Dusty, talk to us. Let's, what's uh, something that people can look for in this game? Yeah, some of it for me, it, it comes down to rush game. And we only have one game of data so far on, on Linval Joseph and, and Dominica Sue. And it seemed like what they're susceptible to from, from what I saw. And granted, it's only one game. Polars and inside zone. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you run right at them, it seems like you can open some holes. But even then, they were kind of they were they were putting a bunch of bodies in the box to kind of get rid of that later on. Uh, that, that they kind of bottled that up. But they're getting good push in the middle in a way they weren't earlier. I mean, go, going into that game, they were 26 rush defense in DVOA, and the Packers were the seventh rush seventh best rushing offense. So it's like you can see, you can see the path path forward there. The past four games, the Eagles were 31st ranked rush defense. But then you look at this past game and it's against the Colts who want to run. And granted, they've not been great this year in terms of offensive line and getting pushed and all that stuff. But they looked, they, I think the first drive, they looked pretty bad and they were just giving up. Jonathan Taylor was just getting whatever he wanted. And after that, he really, he wasn't really. So it would be interesting again, because we don't have a whole lot of data on, on what they look like with Linval Joseph and Adam Kasu and how many snaps are going to get and all of that. But they definitely are stouter up the middle. Uh, and so I wouldn't be shocked to see again, they were, they were, not great against inside zone uh, all year. And then last week, they kind of buttoned that up. So I would see a lot of uh, a lot of pullers in the run game, a lot of kind of some of that power stuff, the counter counter pullers, pull guard, pull the center. They like to pull Josh Myers a lot. Uh, so we'll do some of that. And then also some wide zone. They've been susceptible to the wide zone. Some of the cutback stuff, they didn't seem like they were overly disciplined on. Uh, Colts did not test them too much on that last week. And that's not something the Packers have done a whole lot this year, honestly. But I think they they will likely have to turn to that. So a little more of a if they're stout at the middle like they looked uh, this past week, they hadn't looked like that you know early in the year. Uh, likely more of a horizontal running game as opposed to uh, kind of that at you, smash you in the mouth, go right up the middle running game. Uh, so so maybe you know maybe some chances to get Aaron Jones out on the edge there. Um, we'll say so. I was looking at looking at I guess the last thing here, Eagle, looking at how the Eagles did against some like pulling guards and some of that power stuff. They're giving up. Five and a half yards per attempt on the season. And the Packers are gaining 6.2 yards per attempt on the season. The Packers are running that more this year than they ever have. So if they want to get that horizontal, get a puller into the mix, some of that windback stuff with the Guara kind of half motioning, then coming back across and kicking someone out, I think they can find success there uh, just because you're not running in the middle against, against that stout middle now. So maybe you're mixing it up based on maybe how you thought you were going to attack last week. But I still think they can find some success there. So that's, that's kind of what I'd be looking for in this game. Beer? In the water section, you've piqued my interest, Liquid Death. Okay, so it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, but it sure as heck looks like a beer when you first see it. 
And it should pique your interest too, because Liquid Death is the incredible new product that looks like a can of beer, but is actually water that comes in sparkling still and three delicious flavors. We've been downing can after can of Liquid Death at my house, and everyone's always interested. What are you drinking? What is that? Did Xaver just drink a beer? It's been downright fantastic. And best of all, the water is actually incredible. Listen, I am not a water guy, and sparkling water never really did it for me, but even I can't get enough of the lime liquid death, which we have been going through like crazy. So it's fun, it's delicious, and it's actually better for the environment because you aren't adding more plastic bottles to your local landfills. I love the tall boys of Liquid Death, and I know you're going to as well. If you haven't checked them out yet, you should probably fix that right now and get to a store immediately. You can find Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, man, I got, I got nothing. I, I legit, I have no idea what to look for at this point. Like, I feel like the season's lost already. So, I don't know, Jordan Love, maybe? How about that? Oh, Jordan Love. <laughs> we, ha, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to try to hold it together, and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, I think – kind of what I touched on about the Titans game of kind of seeing where some of these rookies can continue to grow. Like watch if Christian Watson is able to do a little bit more than just catch touchdowns. Like is, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you want him to catch touchdowns. That's a great thing. But is his game growing? Like, is he becoming a more um, complete wide receiver? Like he's always got the speed, but is he consistently catching the ball and, and making the right reads and, and breaking off routes when he's supposed to, um, is Quay Walker continuing, like, you know, with Devondre Campbell with Devondre Campbell being out, is he continually, you know, leading this defense? I mean, he's the one who's got the the green dot and making the calls for the defense now. And if that's something you, you see in him, like that's a really good thing for him to be able to learn that and, and really become that that voice of the defense because right now it seems like they're kind of lacking in that area. So 
if anything, I think that's kind of a, a takeaway and, you know, some look at some of the pieces that, might, that are going to be around next year. So that's kind of what I think I will be looking for. Um, I am glad I was able to make you a snicker because I, I wasn't sure that I was telling Dusty beforehand, like half the jokes that I say to the, to him and Dust, to him and uh, Sarah never never actually land with them. They it's like crickets, and they both look at me like I'm an idiot. So I was I was a little worried I wasn't going to get you. So we know how we are. Sarah's not here, so I'm kinder to you. So I'm, I'm... that's true. It is true. Yes, when the three of us are together, then one person gets picked on normally. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's me a lot of the time. Correct. I'm okay with that. All right. So we did get some good questions on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is still up and running for everybody who was worried about, you know, uh, you know, the whole, if I have Twitter goes down, you can find me here. Like, no, no, it's still up and running. We're still good to go. So got some good ones. Uh, we're not going to be able to do all of them this week, but just want to hit a couple of the good ones. So first one was from Packer Backer. Going to questions. Who is the biggest culprit for this, this season's failure? And what is your favorite stadium food and why? Cutting right to the heart of it. Uh, I wish there was a biggest culprit. It's a, it's like a good question. It's a good question. Like there's not there's not one culprit, and that's that's what that's what makes some of, so much of the stuff uh, so so bad. Is like there's not one culprit. Like Rogers is not playing up to his normal self, and you can say that's his thumb. You can say I don't think it's an age thing, but like you could it's probably his thumb. But he's not playing up to his normal standards. The line has not been nearly as good, and they they get been getting a little better because they got some consistency there. But the offensive line was not doing well in pass pro, and also opening up hole, opening up uh, any holes in the run game for a little bit there. They were they were struggling a little bit. Uh, Aaron Jones has been tremendous, but AJ Dillon looks like he's not quite as explosive and not quite as good as he had looked early on. The wide receivers have had issues, both because some of them are young and some of them are a little older, and none of them seem like they know where they're going. The defense, I mean, Savage has tanked off a cliff. There's been miscommunications that we didn't have last year. Like that, you can go up and down. You can go front office. You can go coaching. Whatever. Like I don't know that there's one big culprit for this. You can see, contrary to popular belief, I mean, coaching staff is trying different stuff. I think they came into the year with a plan. It didn't work out for multiple reasons because their wide receivers didn't threaten anyone. And you can see them retooling, rekeying some of the stuff on the fly. And I think they're doing a really good job. Like coaching staff, as far as like schematic wise, I think is doing a good job. But there's still all these weird little miscommunications. You can point at stuff there. I mean, there's just it's. It's up and down. I don't. I really don't think there's one biggest culprit. I know a lot of people want to say it's Rogers. He's going outside the system. Which, what? First of all, there's no like you don't have any proof of that. <laughs> you can point to a handful of things, but there's not like proof that like he's the guy. I wish it was him because then that's really easy. But there's not. It's just there's a lot. Not to say that the next couple of years are going to be dark and awful necessarily because you can see some bright spots here and and you know maybe next year they are they do have enough to make another run and some of these young guys are coming around a little bit more but this season a lot of things have gone wrong and that includes injuries i mean there's just the, the untimely injuries and different things like that so it's just it's it's been bad up and down um <laughs> very cheerful uh f- favorite <laughs> stadium food and why man i don't know i'm going to lambo i'm getting a brat i'm getting the brat because they're delicious that's that's my favorite stadium food uh, I'm gonna channel my inner uh, ama and just be like Joe Barry, get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Like, like you said, there's not one person that you can blame. Like, there's so many different factors that have gone in to making this season bad. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you hit on so many of them, and there, there's a million more. There's a million more things that you could blame for it. I don't like. I know a lot of people haven't liked Joe Barry from the get go. Nobody thought he should have been the higher they. They felt it was a panic move after Jim Leonard said no to them and how they kind of operated on that level. So 
I get that sense a lot. Um, and we did get a bunch of questions about Joe Barry as well. Why isn't he fired? Why, you know, and I think the only thing to me I would say is, Dusty and I talked about, that's not the way the Packers operate. Like they normally, like Mike McCarthy was the exception, not the rule. And they let him go like a couple games left in the season. Like it's just something you don't expect. And especially for a quote unquote friend of, of Matt LaFleur, like I, I really don't think that that's, that's going to way that it goes. And like they've said, LaFleur has said multiple times of they think it's the players. Like, they, it's the players not executing. They're trying, Dusty said, they're trying different things. They're trying to get get them in places to succeed, and the players aren't executing right now. So I think they're going to give them every opportunity. I fully expect a change to be made in the offseason, but I'm not expecting that now um, to do that at all. So, um, and then favorite stadium food? You actually stole my answer. I was thinking about a brat with, uh, a brat with some mustard on it, and that'd be a uh, little sauerkraut if they've got it there too like that's the way to go for sure simple easy and uh yeah next question uh rolf if taking (laughs) i can't even get through this question without laughing if taking a qb in the first round fuels another spite induced mvp seasons from 12 do you do it (laughs) (laughs) i loved it love it uh yes Yes, it's still somewhat short-sighted, right? Because you're not thinking about the future. You're not like this is the quarterback in ten years. But if if you say we can we can burn a first round pick, which listen, they spent two first round picks this year, and their first one is barely getting on the field. If we burn a first round pick and we're getting two MVP level seasons from our guy and getting to the NFC Championship game in those two, like you take your chances with that. Like yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. No, I'm just kidding. You no, know, you do not take uh, you do not take a quarterback with the first pick, especially if it's going to be in the top ten. Man, like mm-hmm. I don't care if one of those kids falls to you, like one of the top three that they're looking at. By the way, we did get a draft question as well already. We got like, who was your fe- who's your favorite draft crush? And man, I like I forget who asked that question, but it was Brian, Brian, Ma- Brian Moffy, Yeah, I'm a draft like I like I love like mock drafts. I love all that stuff. I ain't, I'm not even there yet, so. I felt that was a just a hint premature for the draft. Uh, Senior the draft Bowl stuff's questions. coming out, man. The draft draft guys are on it right now, man. Like it's it's, oh, it's a wild it. time out there, Steve. I believe it. I believe it. I'm just not. I'm not there emotionally yet, Dusty. I'm not. <laughs> That's fair. More than fair. I'm not either. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, this one is from Joe Scalora. If Jordan Love ran Matt Lafleur's scheme to a T with none of the improvisation nor preferred concepts of 12. Do we have any sense as to whether the offense would be better than what has been on display for the season? I mean, I was going to tackle this one, but I guess, you know, I guess we'll let you cover this. Yeah, I've seen this a lot. Um, I've got feelings. I've got lots of feelings about this one. Um, the, the the idea and there's there's going to be another one later. It's also going to touch on this a little bit. But the, the idea that that Rogers is going rogue and all this stuff, I don't believe that's true. Like he, first of all, any quarterback and I can't remember if I talked about this here last week or not. Like any quarterback that's semi-established is going to be asked by his by his head coach and offensive coordinator, what plays do you like? And we're going to try to get those. And which plays do you not like? And we're going to scrap those. Like every single quarterback, every every single like say established quarterback. Like no one's asking Sam Darnold that. Like because who cares? <laughs> but any established quarterback is being asked that because you want your quarterback to be comfortable. That's that's not a control thing. Like Mahomes has that. Josh Allen has that. Trevor Lawrence probably has that to some degree. You've got stuff you nix because you're the starting quarterback, and that's what you do. 
And when you've been in the league as long as Rodgers and you've seen the stuff he has, yeah, he probably does that a little more than some other guys do. But <laughs> but that's kind of the name of the game when you have a quarterback. You kind of you don't necessarily tailor to it, but you don't say, I know you hate this, but we're going to make you run anyway because it's probably not going to go well. He probably hates it for a reason. So some of the concepts we're seeing there are stuff that that is that Rodgers prefers, I think is more, more kind of goes into how they're being played this year more than anything. You're seeing a lot of single high. And when you get attacked by a lot of single high, you kind of revert back to a lot of those things that we saw with Devontae Adams, a lot of those slot fades, the man beater stuff. Like you don't necessarily like it, but that's what works against single high, but it's not working. And the reason it's not working, and this is where the love of it all comes into question. Guys, you talked about it earlier, Steve, guys aren't executing. Like not all the time. It's not saying like every single play is a failure, but there was a, a I've been, you know, I've been doing a lot of video stuff, but Kurt Warner had one a couple of weeks ago um, that, that just pointed out like, look at this. Why is this guy running this route like this? He should not be doing this littered with that. And I think it's been cleaned up a little over the past couple of weeks, but you're still seeing that stuff. Like if you throw love out there and you want to, we're going to get a good look at love and we're going to run what we're going to run. First of all, I think they're running roughly the same stuff anyway. And if you're looking at preferred quarterback stuff anyway, love comes from an air raid, spread it out, Utah state. That's what he's going to prefer. So a lot of that spread shotgun stuff, guess who also is going to like that? It's going to be Jordan love. So we'll say, let's say for the sake of argument, he steps in there and whatever the floor says goes, you're under center, your play action, you're doing all that stuff. First of all, a lot of that play action stuff they like to do, that doesn't work anymore because defenses know how to do that and they're just they're just destroying teams with it. But say so you get Love in there, we're going to do exactly what you want to do and that's perfectly fine and Love comes in and says, whatever you say, coach, I'm going to do exactly what you say all the time. That's not going to stop wide receivers from running into each other or taking outside <laughs> releases on inside routes or inside releases on outside routes. Like That's not going to stop any of the mess. That's the thing. Like I, I am of the opinion that with Rodgers, if his thumb is truly the issue and it seems like it is, when they're like truly, like if they lose this week and they're truly, truly out of it, like they really don't have a hope of the playoffs, put them on IR, rest the thumb. It, like you get an evaluation period with love, but at the same time, you have to know that that's more process. It's not, it's you're not looking at what love does. You're looking at process and how is he handling this stuff? Because there's still the same mess at offense, whether or not you have Rogers, the mess is not a Rogers issue. Guys running into each other, which we've seen less of. Guys falling down, like a lot. That's not that's not stuff, Rogers. That stuff still happens with love. So, that, I think that's the bigger issue that's not quite being grasped or, or not being talked about as much. As you could put love out there, he's still thrown to these same guys who are making all these mental mistakes. That doesn't fix that. So, that was what five minutes. I apologize to everyone, but that's I've seen that a lot, and it's, it's not something that I necessarily agree with to the level that 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 is out there right now. I'm just, I'm really glad we talked about all of that before the show started. And that was pretty much exactly what I said. So I was just really happy uh-huh. that you, you took that and were able to kind of just, you know, synthesize it and bring it well, down. Well, no, I appreciate so. you left me your notes. Um, so I just, I just read it off a page. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. It means it's all about the team, man. It's all about the team and working together. <laughs> we so. build each other up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Man, we miss Sarah. Like, this is too nice. This is really too nice. I don't care for it. See, you know, I, I, I didn't like that. That was a stupid answer, Dusty. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> uh, Brian Hart said once to know each NFL season often is full of surprises. What about this year's Packers team surprised you uh, from what you thought they would be? And food question, your favorite Thanksgiving pie, pecan, pumpkin, or other? So uh, I think I'll answer this one. If yes. you have anything to add, feel free. I think uh, Dusty and I are actually on the same page because we answered this one together. 
And uh, what surprised us the most, or surprised me the most, is that the Packers <laughs> suck. That's what surprised me the most. Uh, we all thought they were going to be good. Remember the when they were two and one or three and one? We're like, hey, <laughs> look at this schedule. They could be like seven and one by the time they get eight and one by the time they get to the Eagles. Man, like they could be really good. And then it just all went to hell. All went to hell in a handbasket real fast. So uh, I think that was the biggest surprise for for both of us. And my favorite pie, pumpkin pie. Um, I know it's not everybody's favorite in the world, but Thanksgiving, like some whipped cream on top, like, yep, I'm going to eat the hell out of that. So looking forward to that on Thursday. Yeah, I could also go with the, the derby pie. I think it's, it's more derby time in Kentucky, but my mom always makes it for Thanksgiving. It's like a chocolate pecan just just loaded with sugar pie. Absolutely okay. love it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, pumpkin pie. I eat way too much pumpkin pie, but still also not enough pumpkin pie during Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually never heard of a derby pie, so, you know, sometimes no, so we'll get around to it. Uh, all right, this will be the last question we've got here. So, uh, shockingly, it's another one for Dusty. But uh, Jay wants to know, why does it seem like there has been a lack of scheming people open in the past game compared to the previous Matt LaFleur years? Seems like less motion and more shotgun. All right, so I'm not going to repeat myself from all the stuff I just said, but all of the stuff about scheming people open, that still stands from the previous point about guys not quite running stuff correctly. But I did pull numbers for the other stuff because the shotgun emotion stuff is something I've seen arguments for, against, anything like that. They're not running shotgun and, and motion nearly as much. So, so far on the year, uh, this year, they're running shotgun 73% of the time. These are rough numbers. I kind of had to, had to back into them from some pro football reference stuff. 73% of the time running shotgun. Not only is that the highest in the LaFleur era, that's the highest. I went back to 2011. That's the highest shotgun percent in that time frame from 2011 to 2022. That's the highest rate. The next highest rate I could find was a very abbreviated, we'll say 2016, 68% in 2016. In the LaFleur era, he's been shotgun 61, 58, 61, and now 73 uh, so it's like this thing, it's, this is not even a, a going back to like McCarthy era. This is just something new. And some of that I think is, uh, I think some of that's due to the thumb. Now they were still high before that. He was still in the seventies before that. I think 60% against the bears seventies. And then he was in the eighties and nineties in those two games following the broken thumb when he really didn't feel comfortable. The fun thing that I want to bring up. So again, like, I don't know what's going on, but this is not like reverting to McCarthy. Like Rogers has never been in shotgun as much as he's been in shotgun this year. And I do think part of that's the thumb. The other thing is, um, as against the Cowboys, they were in shotgun like 48% of the time, something like that. And it was, well, this is what they're going to be now. And then if you look at the Titans numbers, they were in shotgun 70 plus percent of the time. This is something I, I, had, a, I had a tweet thread about that. And so it's, well, they reverted back to the shotgun stuff. Well, for three quarters, they were in shotgun for 65% of the time, which is the floor era level stuff. It just wasn't working. And then they were kind of down by 10 and they went back into shotgun. But it seemed like the approach might be getting back to that kind of in the 60s percent of under center or, or, or shotgun stuff but it just it the numbers are elevated against the titans but again yeah i mean it's this is not as far as shotgun i don't think this is like well he's going back to what he's done because he's never done this before i think i think part of it's a thumb uh and the other one is motion i looked at motion in the floor era 29 this is motion percent pre-snap motion percent in the floor era. 2019 42 percent 2020, 48%, 2021, 54%, 2022, 53.5%. Motion numbers are right in line with where they were last year and even elevated from earlier LaFleur era. So some of this, I think, is 
don't know exactly what it is. I think some of this is just due to they're not doing well. And so with the, with the plays that you think of them not doing well, it's it was a static look in shotgun. I mean, the truth of the matter is shotgun is elevated, but the motion numbers are in line with where they've been. And so some of this is they're, again, they're changing stuff up. They're operating roughly the same way they have been before. Shotgun runs have actually been more effective than under center runs this year, uh, even if the play action game necessarily hasn't been there. But motion, right in line where it's supposed to be. Shotgun elevated. Some of that's due to his thumb. Some of that's due to who knows what, but it's still that pre-snap motion stuff is still there. Like you just, it's, it's easy to say it's not there when you see plays that don't work and say there wasn't motion there, but on the whole, they're motioning about the same as they have been. All right, bud. That's, uh, that's all the questions we got this week. Um, so we got thank you guys as always for those questions. We really appreciate the interaction on Twitter because it, it really helps us like round out the show. We always look, I've talked about it multiple times, but we really love trying to help answer the questions and of, of Packers fans and what you guys want to hear about. So um, always good stuff. And as much as I give dusty crap, like I've said it, I've said it many times, like I've learned so much just from being on this podcast with you. So I'm hoping that there's a bunch of people listening that feel the exact same way. And I'm pretty sure they do. So, um, but yeah, if you guys want to follow us, make sure uh, on Twitter, that's at dusty Evely at Sarah Kelleher for at Steve Perhatch. And as always at Packaday podcast, but uh, before we finish this up, bud, I know you just were talking for like 1200 minutes, but got some, uh, (laughs) you got some uh, closing thoughts for us, you know, articles, videos, whatever you got out. Yeah. Normal stuff I've been writing. So a little earlier than normal, the pack report one, I think went on Monday, if not mistaken. So I looked at three plays on that one. I typically only look at one. I looked at uh, two plays from a wide receiver screen out of a quads look, and then them trying to hit a shot out of that, uh, that, that did not work because again, some of the details just weren't there to a point to hit it, but that was an interesting look. I always like trying to look at this stuff to set up a shot play. Even if it doesn't work, that stuff's always interesting. So that's on Packer report. And then she said TV today, I've got a bunch of stuff about the passing game. A lot of that kind of the, the shotgun splits in the Tennessee game, as well as kind of where they were attacking and all of that stuff. And then also deep dives into uh, a dagger kind of, dagger concept and then a mesh concept that they ran that that i anytime they run a mesh concept that looks is like fairly interesting i get just very very excited about so uh that's that's up on she said tv and then i got videos running around i did one uh yesterday on the rasul douglas interception that was a lot of fun i got a couple requests for that and dug in and just uh, i just he's not the most athletic guy but man i love watching rasul douglas like just just a very heady intelligent player so that was that was a fun one to look at uh, yeah, I don't have any any uh, big thing to say or promote, but you know, I hope everybody has a, a wonderful holiday. Spend some time with family, friends, whatever you're doing. Enjoy that. Watch some football. Eat some good food. Do all that stuff. Um, I do know that holidays can be stressful. It can be a, a difficult time for for a lot of people. So make sure you know if you're struggling, whatever, check in with somebody. Um, Dusty, Sarah, and I have always said, as as always, our, our DMs are open if you need to talk or chat or whatever. And I know I've had. Multiple people do that, so I'm always here to listen, help whenever I can. Um, but, yeah, we thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week to talk even more Packer football. Hopefully, Sarah will be joining us because uh, we all know it's more fun when all three of us are around. So thank you guys for listening, and as always, Go Pack Go!